The human race has a purpose, or rights. Rights are not compatible with us having a purpose and less with duties. If we have rights, there are duties. If there are duties, there are regulations and laws enforcing those obligations on us. If this is not true, the rights we are said to have are rendered of no account. If we have the right to life, there must be people whose duty it is to see that our rights are respected and the duties imposed. The most egregious illustration of this is slavery. The slave has no rights. The slave owners have all the rights and no duties. The law is there to enforce the duty on the slave and ensure the rights of the slave owner are protected. Conservatives believe human rights are inalienable. This assumes a source of rights that is absolute. Liberals believe rights are not only alienable but are more properly considered benefits. Liberals believe that for rights to exist, there must be a benefactor. Rights are bestowed on subjects by a regulatory state in the liberal conception of rights. But if rights are given by the state, they can be removed by the state. It is supposed that a person with no rights is akin to a slave with only duties. Without property rights, nothing belongs to us. Without rights, everything we have comes with limitations and preconditions defined by the state. If our rights are not defined, we literally have no value. Without the protections of rights, it seems that nothing is off the table. If the purpose of man is to be free, anything that adds to our freedom is good and all restrictions on our freedom are bad. If our purpose is happiness, why are drugs illegal? What are we free of if we are free? If we are free, from whom are we free? Freedom as an ideal is perverse and meaningless because it posits an unknown and indeed unknowable. We cannot know what we are not free of. We can only know we are not God. We need to define what we desire to be free from. God binds us to his will because he has a purpose for us. Only Satan frees man and allows us to follow his own devices. Mankind has free will. We can and do make our own choices. This includes the choice of whether to live purposefully or not. We do not need to live with purpose, but there are costs to every choice we make. Life has costs and costs must be paid. These costs are more easily paid if we live in line with our purpose than if we live if life had no meaning for us. A purpose must be quantifiable and our alignment with our purpose verifiable. If the purpose of man is to be free or happy and this is not quantifiable, how do we determine how happy or free we are? If there is no way to quantify how free we are, how do we validate the level of freedom we have and compare it to the level we had last year? The desire for unlimited freedom produces anarchy because it is not a measurable condition. But why would the purpose of man be freedom? Why would we exist simply to be happy? What right do we have to be free or happy when freedom produces costs and happiness is avoiding our obligations? Who pays the cost of freedom and why has mankind acquired such merit that he or she has a right to what is not paid for?
If a person must pay his costs, what does it mean to have a right to something one cannot have unless it is paid for? Previous discussions about purpose were dominated by writers who considered rights as something with a positive value. Positive rights mean there is something we are entitled to. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are positive rights. A negative right is the right to be free from the rights of others. We have a right to not be detained without just cause. No one has a right to be happy because no one has a duty to make the other person happy. The positive conception of rights assumes we are born with merit. We are born justified and entitled. But positive rights theory cannot explain the delivery vehicle or where this unmerited grace comes from. We have inherited sin, not grace. A right is an entitlement, but the only thing we are entitled to is what exists. In reality, we have what we need to fulfill our purpose. We have a right to what we create because the right imposes no duty or obligations on others. Our rights can never impose obligations on others. Our duty cannot benefit others at our expense. Rights and duties must not result in a transfer of property except in the name of justice to reconcile accounts. Virtually everything we desire requires access to property. We have a right to personal property simply as a matter of convenience. This does not give us a right to anything other than what is needed for personal use. The myth of inherited grace implies we have a right to something we did not create. We have no right to anything. What we want must be earned. Babylon represents the myth of inherited merit and the right to own property. Ultimately, the story of Babylon is a story about rights and unmerited grace. But rights are meaningless unless they posit a claim on something someone else created. Even the right to life is a claim on the property you need to maintain life. Physical property, with its attached value, is an asset. The gold no one knows about is not an asset as it has no value. Refined gold has more value than gold ore as it is a product that has had more value attached to it due to the processing it went through. A free market is a market without barriers and boundaries to the buying and selling of goods and services. Free markets are not against legislation, they are against any legislation that hinders the buying and selling of assets. In the eyes of the free market, anything with a dollar value is an asset. Free markets are asset markets as they are markets for property. Free markets do not distinguish between what is an asset and what is equity. What is not understood because it is not part of the conventional narrative is that it was not the white man that engaged in slavery, it is and was the free market. White men and free markets may be correlated to a small degree, but they are not synonymous. It is the free market that commodifies persons and values that ought not be bought and sold as if they were potatoes. Preferred markets do not sell or trade in assets. Land, for example, is not bought or sold in a preferred market. The community has a duty to provide housing for its members, but this is a duty of markets, not individuals. 
Markets ought to supply what is in demand. Preferred markets deal in the value that has been added to assets. In economics, this added value is issued as or represented by preferred shares. Preferred markets do not trade or value assets. The free market trades in physical things. Physical assets change owners in the sense of who possesses the physical thing in a legal as well as a physical sense. But there is nothing about an asset that identifies who owns it. Physical property always represents a level of risk because it can be difficult to retain physical possession of it or identify it as being your own. A liability is a claim attached to an asset that represents the fiduciary interest of someone other person than the registered owner. When land is purchased using a mortgage, the liability portion is the amount of the lien attached to the mortgaged property by the creditor. The state always retains a creditor position regarding land. What you buy is a limited right of use to the land. The limits of which is defined by the regulatory authority of the state. Possession is a benefit you have acquired by the majesty and sovereign power of the state. Liabilities always represent a threat of loss and a source of risk to the licensed owner. Regardless of what you think you own, the state always has a vested interest in how the property is used and when and how it can be sold. If anything was truly owned by you, it could not be regulated by the state. This is an argument developed by the sovereign citizens' movement. However, they fail to understand the law is based on power, not logical argument. The sovereign citizen cannot argue the state out of existence, nor even out of their life. The only right mankind has is the right to be paid for what he or she does. We have a right to the value we create. This right is in accordance with Scripture. But logical or analytical rights are different from legal or constitutional rights. We have a logical right to the truth and to a proof of God. We have a right to the value we create. These rights are akin to saying two plus two has a right to be four. The right to prove the existence of God exists because no one is in a position to alienate one from it. Profits and wages are not the same thing any more than assets and equity are the same thing. Capitalists consider investing to be a risk for which they ought to be compensated. Investors assume a risk when starting a business, but this is a consequence of the free market. Investors deserve a return on their investment according to the free market, but it is the free market that creates the risk. But the reward ought not be unlimited, even if the free market justifies it. There is no absolute right to earn a profit, and no reason why the right would be unlimited if it even existed. However, before a person can justify earning a profit on an investment in a venture. They have to justify the ownership of commercial property. Where does a person acquire the right to own commercial property? There is no biblical justification, nor can one logically deduce that people ought to be able to own a physical asset. The right to own has two forms: ownership can be direct or indirect. The state acquires its right to own property by the use of force. 
Most businesses acquire the right to own commercial property indirectly, they acquire a license from the state. The terms around ownership have changed over the years, but much of the system remains fundamentally the same despite the move from the divine right of kings to democracy. The state acquires land by force of arms. The city, state, or nation may be turned into an empire, kingdom, or democratic state depending on the kind of administration used. Regardless, the state creates two sorts of property, the private and public. The land under the control of the state is divided into the private and public spheres. Private land is licensed to supporters of the state. The plots may be deeded to political favorites or sold to those who have sufficient fiat currency. The state always retains a claim on the land and reserve to itself the right to exact benefit from these properties, however. Thus, private ownership is a misnomer and is a form of trusteeship. The difference between private ownership and preferred ownership is that in the former case one is given title to the land and in the other one owns only the equity extracted from work. As a trustee of the state one builds up Babylon. As a preferred owner or caretaker, we build up the church and work to prove the existence of God. In both cases we add value to the system we are in. As we build up one system and support those who support the system, our actions harm those of the other system. Secularism is used to build up Babylon while evangelism builds the church and proves the existence of God. We can only add value to one if we bring harm to the other. The purpose of man is to evangelize because evangelism is the means by which we prove the existence of God and build the church. Social evangelism believes the purpose of man is to prove the existence of God by means of improving the community of believers and that this is tantamount to building the church.